the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. They're friends of Christ. Most of us have probably read that loving tale, The Ugly Duckling. But it's probably been a long time for us to remember the details. So let me refresh our memory. The story begins when the mother's duck eggs hatch. And one of the little birds, it's perceived by the other birds and the animals on the farm there, that it's a homely little creature suffers much verbal and physical abuse from them and wanders sadly from the barnyard and ends up living with ducks and geese until hunters slaughter those flocks. And then he finds a home with an old woman. But her cat and hen, they end up teasing him and again he sets off on his own. And he sees a flock of migrating swans and he's delighted, he's excited, but he can't join them because he's too young and he can't fly. And winter arrives, and the farmer, he ends up finding this bird and carries the freezing little bird home, but the bird's frightened by the farmer's noisy children and ends up fleeing the house. He spends a miserable winter alone. He's in the outdoors. They're mostly hiding in a cave on a lake that partly freezes over. And when spring arrives, there's a flock of swans that descends on this now thawing lake, And the ugly duckling, now having grown and fully matured, can't really endure a life of solitude and hardship anymore. And so he decides to throw himself at this flock of swans, deciding that it's better to be killed by these beautiful birds than to live a life of misery and ugliness. But he's shocked when the swans end up welcoming him and accepting him. And he realizes by looking at his own reflection in the water that he has grown into one of them. And the flock takes to the air and the ugly duckling spreads his beautiful wings, the large wings, and he takes flight with his new family. Things are now different for this creature as he saw how things were different when he could see who he really was. Now, if St. Paul, when he wrote that letter to the Colossians, which we read earlier, if he had had this 1843 story by Hans Christian Andersen also, I believe that Paul would have nodded his head and silently agreed that this is how Christians of his time had felt. Christians thought perhaps that they were ugly ducklings rather than regal swans. And in the words of Paul, they were living their old earthly lives and they weren't experiencing their new heavenly lives that were in Christ. But life would be different for them as they would follow Christ in their daily living. And Paul, in writing that letter to the Colossians, he never talks about the change that's going to take place regarding the situations and the circumstances they live in. He doesn't talk about overthrowing the Roman Empire. He doesn't talk about escaping to the mountains or deserts in order that they may live as new Christians out in those remote places. Instead, he focuses his attention on the inward change that has taken place in the lives of the Colossians. 
We often fall into that trap of expecting the good life to perhaps happen to us when our situations change. People may dream of having all their problems solved if they could only win the lottery. We tell ourselves that things will be wonderful at work once we get a new boss. Parents, they dream about their children, and they dream of having a good life when the children, as babies, when they sleep through the whole night. Or when they're out of diapers. Or when the children get good grades in school. Parents can even dream of a good life, perhaps even when their children leave home. (laughs) Or when they find a job. We trick ourselves into believing that happiness is only one change away. It's true that we attempt to make change in our world. We are those people who long for justice, equality, and peace. The Bible, though, never really tells us that we're going to live in a world without struggles and disappointments and heartaches. The abundant life doesn't come from the absence of these trials and tribulations. The abundant life comes from being forgiven and loved children of God, of being empowered disciples of Jesus Christ. You see, life really is different when you're in Christ. The personal struggle that we have as Christians is to open ourselves to the changes that the cross of Jesus has brought into our lives. We can understand how difficult change is in the world, in our governments, and even in the church when we confess how difficult it is to make lasting personal changes. A person who's had heart bypass surgery and who's told to be on a fat-free diet may, after a few months, go to that snacks of potato chips and other things to their old ways. Change isn't easy. I believe that change starts, though, by seeing things differently. When talking to a person who's struggling with depression, that person, he or she, can see everything from a certain perspective. Everything is bad. There's no good in their lives, they may say. Well, for the person to be able to climb out of that pit of depression, it's necessary for them to see life from a different perspective, to see themselves as swans instead of ducks. Marriages often go sour when the couple's view of each other changes. The partner turns from someone who has loved and has charm and beauty to one who is perhaps nagging and very distant from his or her spouse. The marriage can only be saved when the couple's perspective of each other changes. We as Christians, we can only live our new abundant life when we see life from a different perspective of how we were before Christ came into our lives. We need to see ourselves as the forgiven and loved and empowered children of God and not some kind of leftovers who are poor, needy, angry, and We don't have any talents or gifts to give to others. If you consider what took place when Jesus left the tomb on Easter, you see that changes did take place there. When Jesus rose from the dead, what happened? He left his grave clothes behind him. There's a special significance in that action that we may not see at first as we recount that particular time in that life of Jesus. For us, 
The grave clothes represent the old life with its sinful acts and motives. According to Romans 6, we must walk, Paul says there at the end of that verse, in newness of life, dying to the old self, and living for Christ instead. He goes on in that chapter to talk much more about that new life in Christ and being resurrected people in him. As we live in Christ, we approach our life each day with patience and kindness and forgiveness and also being a servant to others. As Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and keep on doing them as they are from above. They come from God. The death of Jesus brings life. His resurrected life brings life to disciples who died to the world. We die to our old way of life, and we live a new life for the Lord. We end up dying to worldly living. Instead, we live for spirit-filled living in our lives. We know and believe that today, God's word is still God's word. God's word and its meaning has not changed, and it will not change. The key words of our text today are the opening ones that Paul says in saying, you have been raised with Christ. The power of the resurrection of Jesus, it still lives in believers today. Daily we're being renewed, as Paul says, though outwardly we are wasting away. The truth and the power of God's word is our strength. The prophet Isaiah reminds us, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Now this is not physical strength. This is spiritual strength. As we grow older, and we celebrate birthdays and things like that, we know that our bodies do wear out. As we grow, though, in the wisdom and knowledge of God, our souls are strengthened. We're reminded time and time again to put our hope in the Lord Jesus and not in mankind. You have been raised with Christ. The resurrection of Jesus is a marvelous and miraculous display of his divine power. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, that same power lives in our hearts and it's displayed as we live our lives for him. God's power gives us strength to say no to those things that are against God's will. We're given power to clothe ourselves with as a new creation. And this is ours by faith. It's ours by faith through God's grace. We find instructions for Christian living in Ephesians 4. Paul says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, but to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Our world grows more and more wicked each day, even as we hear about the events that take place. We're told that the love of most will grow cold as the last day approaches. It seems as if mankind delights in mistreating the people around them. 
And the result of that is obviously that inborn selfishness of mankind. That old nature within us. But friends, you have been raised with Christ. We have been set free from the power of sin and Satan. Paul says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Christ has set us free. And Christ has given us that joy in our hearts as we live in that freedom to serve him in his own kingdom. You have been raised with Christ. That statement reminds us of the importance of always remembering Jesus' resurrection on Easter. Now, we may not daily think about Easter. Why do Christians mainly worship on Sundays? We know that it was the day that Jesus rose from the grave. And it reminds us of the importance of his resurrection. That's the power of Christ that is in us. It's alive and well in each of us. This is the power of Christ that we reflect in our lives as those shining lights in the dark world around us. The letter to the Hebrews says, We don't have an enduring city. But we are looking for the city that is to come. And through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that confess his name. So as we think about how we are to live in Christ, what's the most important thing to remember? We say it really about ourselves and to one another. And let's say it boldly together right now. You have been raised with Christ. You have. This great power of Christ which is alive in us means that nothing is impossible with God. Before Jesus has us think about heavenly things, he first of all makes us heavenly, a part of heaven itself, by giving us new lives in Christ to live here and to be united with him through his death and resurrection. Therefore, thinking about heavenly things isn't a difficult thing for us to do. Because heaven is a part of us. We were buried with Christ. And we were raised with him. And one day, we will physically rise to be with Christ forever. As we live in that new world that God will recreate for us. That's what we naturally look forward to, isn't it? Setting our minds on heavenly things is what we do as his people. Because God has made us his own children to live with him forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is your Lord and Savior. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.